I would love to have given it. What? You kill me with your facial expressions. I don't know what we that means. We can still be friends. We can still be friends because I had literally was telling Justin today, my husband, I was like, if she poo-poos on this book, we our friendship is, it, it's done. It is done. <laughs> done. I hated House of Sky and Breath. I hated that book. And I poo pooed all over. That's why I said that. This is yeah. why I was like, oh my gosh, she's, oh no. <laughs> Welcome to the Novel Universe with your hostesses, Ashley and Dawn. We rate and review the newest and most buzzworthy books. We are true book club girls who don't always agree, but do enjoy a good book discussion. I'm Ashley, the fantasy architect. And I'm Dawn, the criticizer of books. Grab your favorite beverage and come and enjoy our universe. and Dawn and today we are going to be talking about All My Rage by the one and the only Nasaba Tahir which if you guys have never heard of Saba Tahir she has a whole other fantasy trilogy called Ember in the Ashes that is out is it a quadruple sorry there's four books what would you call it a, a quad quadruplet a quad a quad, a quad. <laughs> It's, a, it's four books in her series. I totally forgot about the last one that we just read. <laughs> um, but this is her first uh, realistic fiction book. It's contemporary. It's really um, totally left field than what we know of Saba herself because this is a very different writing. Um, so today we are going to talk about that. And we wanted to just say if you do not follow us already, that you can find us on Instagram. And we sometimes post to YouTube. You will find us at the Novel, Uni- Novel Universe Pod. Okay. Um, so go ahead and subscribe to us so you can get those notifications when we're posting, which is usually twice a month. We do two books a month. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we get advantageous and we do three. Uh, <laughs> but it's mostly two. Um, so yeah, without further ado, we are going to talk about all my rage. We're going to split it up into two sections. So the first section is going to be non-spoilers. We will do our best to keep this very vague. And then in the second section, we will let you know when you need to hop out or if you want to stay and hear us spoil everything, you can stay on it, but don't worry. We will let you know when that happens in the show notes as well. So without further ado, all my rage, Asaba to hear. So within All of My Rage, we are greeted with the past and present of a lot of our characters. This story is super unforgettable, heart-wrenching, contemporary novel about family forgiveness, love, and loss. And so within this novel, we um, experience Mishba, I think that's how you say her name, Mishba, um, who is the owner of the Cloud Rest Inn with her husband, uh, Torfiq, and they are from Pakistan, um, and we are also greeted with our character Sal and Noor, and we learn about the differences in what coming to America looks like and the struggles that we can face wanting to fit into our society today. That's how I'm going to leave it, because... Mm-hmm. Seriously, I don't want to. I don't want to spoil. Yeah. Like it's too. It, there's so much happening that I feel like if you read the description of the book, you might spoil something for yourself in a little bit. And I will say there are some trigger warnings in this book. There is sexual abuse, and there is drug abuse. 
there's racial um, issues as well. So just be forewarned before you read. Um, this is not a light and fluffy book. <laughs> no. Not a light and fluffy book. This is YA, but honestly, this is probably one for, for, for everybody. There is so much going on, and it's such a great discussion book. And Don and I cannot wait to talk about it. So, mm. Don, what did you rate this book? All right, so I gave it a 425. I would love to have given it what you kill me with your facial expressions. I don't know what we that can means. Still be friends. We can still be friends because I had literally was telling Justin today, my husband, I was like, if she poo-poos on this book, we our friendship is it, it's done. It is done. <laughs> done. I hated House of Sky and Breath. I hated that book. And I poo pooed all over. That's why I said that. This is yeah. why I was like, oh my gosh, she's, oh no. <laughs> I ended up giving this book a five, and oh, I will explain why. Um, yes, I had a lot. It takes a lot for Ashley to have emotion with books. I was emotionally attached to every single piece of this book. Um, to the point where, like, I cry. I never cry. I never cry. The last time I cried was in Kingdom of Ash Ooh. with the whole 13 thing. Like, I'm dead serious. But, like, legitimately, like, bawled my eyes out because I was so, like, emotionally moved. So I'm ready to talk about this. Okay. <laughs> it's you. All right. So, Okay. Our first stop is things we didn't like about this book. I didn't really have anything, so. Okay, it's all me. I only had a couple, <laughs> a couple things. And and this is where, like, my, my couple things are going along with the fact that I said it could have been more critical, and this is why. So I thought the middle dragged a little bit particularly with the father, with Sal and his father, I felt like there was an opportunity to develop their relationship a little bit better, but we really didn't get that. And I was missing that. So that's the first problem I had. And the second one is that, and this is gonna be difficult to really talk about because of spoilers, but I felt like the last 25% of this book could have been its own book. And because it was at the last quarter of the book, I felt like it didn't get the justice it deserved. Um, and I'll just leave it at that. That's probably good. Yeah. So those are my <laughs> only two dislikes. I did have a nitpick. Okay, well did you okay, have a nitpick? I was about to say, I'm like, okay. It's nitpicking time for Don. Nitpicking Solo Dono. I only have one nitpick, and that is this book is so sad. Oh my god! I'm like, is anything good ever gonna happen to these characters? It is so sad, and this is why I don't. It's not that I don't like realistic fiction, but I don't gravitate towards realistic fiction because, especially grief books, because they do tend to be really sad, and it's like. I don't, I don't want to read sad stories. 
So I did not realize this was this sad. But that's a nitpick. Yeah. It didn't affect my rating. It was just something I observed. Yeah, for sure. Which was like, that was like my, my first thing that I liked is like, I don't like sad books. I am, I will never pick them up. I did not think that this was going to be sad. I don't know what I hoped for it, but I was not upset with it because it was something abnormal to what you and I usually read. Like how often do we read realistic fiction? Like it's not, it's not something that you and I kind of sprinkle into that, that realm. And it was kind of a nice breath, breath of fresh air because we just finished House of Sky and Breath. And I was like, I cannot get into another fantasy novel right now. My brain is still blown, like, with all of the information. And so this was a nice way to, like, kind of segue out of that. It was like a nice palate cleanser because it was something abnormal to what I would usually read. Yeah. Agreed. So. Mm-hmm. That's all I had for dislikes and nitpicks. Girl, I was into likes already. Oh, I'm sorry. (laughs) What was your first like? I missed it. I um, it was the fact that I enjoyed a a a drama, if you will, a sad story, like not something that I would usually read. Like, way to get me to read something new. (laughs) Okay, Uh, my first like is that. Although I am, I am black. Hi, I'm Dawn. I'm black. If it's the podcast, not all minorities know other minorities struggles. Like every minority has a different struggle. And I do not know really any South Asian people. So all these characters are Pakistani and I don't know any South Asian people. So I don't really know too much about the culture or their struggles or what it's like being an immigrant or anything like that or religion. Nothing, nothing really. And so when I read books with, you know, diverse characters, that's what I'm looking for. I'm looking to learn something new. And I have read some books with some South Asian leads, and they all tend to kind of be similar in that it's usually about a first generation teen and their parent is really pressuring them to be a good student and to have a good career. There's just a lot of pressure Mm -hmm. And so that's what I was kind of expecting going into this book, but that's not what we really got. We actually got some working middle-class families who are experiencing, like you said, drug abuse and sexual abuse and physical abuse. And that's just not something you see in South Asian books with South Asian leads. Mm -hmm. And I was shocked, frankly. I was like, oh, this is something totally different. And um, also the, well, I can say it. So some of the characters, they are, how do I say it? They're not exactly, I don't want to say happy with their, they, they're, they really want to assimilate to being an American. And they're kind of leaving their Pakistani culture behind. Um, and that's also something new that I've not really seen too much in, um, really any, any books with diverse teens. So yeah, I really like that she told a story from a different point of view 
we read about a different family, a different voice. If you read a lot of South Asian books with South Asian teens in them, and you are kind of seeing a familiar theme, I think Saba did something different, which was refreshing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I couldn't agree more. That was another one of my likes was that um, I'm, I'm white, so I... I, any information that I learn about other cultures to me is so enlightening and I want to like take it all in because I feel like you, you can get stuck inside of your norm and your culture. And if you don't open yourself to learning and educating yourself on other people's traditions and cultures and ways of life, you're going to lead a very sheltered life. And that is not going to make you a good human being in my opinion. Yeah, I agree. We all need to be well educated. And so this was something that, you know, I was expecting, you know, their jobs to be in certain institutions. And I was like, oh, this is kind of nice that their jobs are different than what I have seen personally. Yeah. Um, and the fact that like, we get to see that, like you said, the differences in wanting to embrace their Pakistani heritage and then wanting to run away as far as possible and go as far to say like we no longer practice those practices in this household even though we are Pakistani we are in America so we are going to live by American mm-hmm. however you want to put it way um so that was just like one of those things where I was like I had no idea and I was there for it. I was all for it because every every ounce is something that I can learn that is different from me. I'm soaking it all in. So yep. I was there for it 100%. And it, and it surprised me too. It really did surprise me the way that she told it and the two different sides that we get. I was like, oh my goodness. Just, yeah, it's great. It's great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's another one of your likes. Um, I'm not going to really go into it here. I will save it for the spoiler edition, but I really like Nora's uncle. I, and when I say I like him, I liked his character, not him necessarily, but I liked his character and that's all I'll say. That is awesome. That is awesome. <laughs> um, this book, in my opinion, I think is a great book for teens mm-hmm. as well as adults because there are so many different um, themes and topics of discussion that happen in a teen's life or happen in anyone's life and they don't get talked about. And this book does a really good job of giving you like what probably a lot of people are going through in some way or not, you know, to be able to make it in life and whatever. And so this book for me was just as a great discussion discussion book it was a great way to be like here's some good information for you to kind of soak it in and make you feel like you're not alone I could see that with a lot yeah. of like if I was a librarian I'd be like here you go this one for you this one's for you oh you want oh, okay here you go <laughs> yeah so did you have any more? Yeah. Um, so going along with what you're talking about, because I wrote down a couple of quotes and moments in the book. And one of them is, uh, so in the story, and this is in the description, Sal and Noor are, they've been best friends since they were like seven. And they had a, they had a bit of a falling out. 
And so Sal starts dating this girl named Ashley. I'm sorry. <laughs> and he says that he chose Ashley. Um, let me see what I say. Because she's broken. And I thought that was really interesting because his father, his father is an alcoholic and his father's also broken. And that's all he knows. And so he purposely chose to date this girl who was broken because that's all he knows. And when you were talking about this is a great book for teens, that is an example of why this is a great book for teens. Because, you know, sometimes teens do things and they don't know why. And Sal is explaining why. Yep. There's a cause and an effect, which is what I like because a lot of, you know, like, a lot of teams because like these so sal and Nora are 17 in this book so like they are your pinnacle you know senior high schooler trying to figure out life have no idea what they're going to do with themselves they both have like crazy family situations at home you know one has someone that that's no longer with them the other one is experiencing let like do i just stay with this person because they've they've clothed me and sheltered me like like all of these really deep issues and it's like that is exactly what teens are going through <laughs> you know just in society today I mean you're you're I think what Saba does really well is that she has kind in my opinion she's like summed up the fact that like the masks that we wear as people are what protect us from what's really happening. So like we want to be perceived as one way, but in reality, what's happening behind closed doors is not something we want people to see. And she does a great job of breaking down that barrier and expressing that it is important for people to see what's behind the door or behind the mask. Um, So yet again, like I just, this is just, it's such a great discussion book because there's so many different ways that you can go with it. It's a very quotable book. Mm-hmm. As Don just showed you, very quotable. Um, it's, it's just, yeah, so good. Mm-hmm. Um, I have another quote. So let's see. Let's hear it because I left all my quotes on my iPad. That's oh, no. <laughs> in the other room. <laughs> Um, But you already got one that I I wrote down, so it's okay. 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 We're good. So this is towards the end of the book, and I'm not going to say what it's referring to. But at one point, one of the characters says, what do you do when you want to help and they won't let you? And I think this is a good moment for any age because, you know, not just for teens necessarily. Um, This is not something that they teach you in school. It's like if you have a friend who is on drugs but they don't want you to help them what do you do that's not necessarily what's happening in this book i just gave that as an example but you know i thought that was a, a really good moment where, where where he or she when the characters is just like this person isn't letting me help them what do i do i don't know what to do yeah beautifully written beautifully yeah. written i was just amazed by the writing because it brought me back to ember in the ashes where i was like what is happening here? Like, this is beautiful, beautifully written. I want to know what happens next. I was actually shocked because, and I said this in our previous podcast, usually authors kind of stay in their own genre lane. They don't dabble in other genres. 
And to go mm-hmm. from fantasy to this, to this heavy story, I was like, oh, Lord, what, what have I gotten myself into? But, you know, when I first read Ember and Ashes, I was like, wow, this book is great. It's a little bit different than the fantasy that we've read before. The writing was great. The characters were great. It's, and so I shouldn't have expected anything less from Saba. She knows how to write a story. And... And Things I, weren't happy in the last series. It's fine. <laughs> we had some issues. Yeah, yeah, we did. Maybe it wasn't us problem. Maybe it wasn't Saba's fault. Maybe it was just us. It wasn't us. <laughs> All right, I have another quote. And uh, Sal's mom has passed away. That's not a spoiler. It's in the description. And he's Mm -hmm. talking about grief, basically. And he says that, um, let me see. Maybe people die of old age because they're full of holes. And he's saying that every time a person dies, it leaves a hole in you. And he's like, I have this hole in me. My mom's death has left a hole in me and I don't know how to fill it. And so when you reach a certain age you witness so much loss that you have so many holes that maybe that's why people die of old age because they're just full of holes. Mm -hmm. And so I thought that was a really good quote. And he says, maybe we could live forever if we didn't love so completely. And that's just another way of saying, you know, it's, if we love someone so much when they leave, it, it hurts. And so it's it's like, what do you do? Do you just not love people because you're afraid? Or do you love them completely? And then when they go, you have that love to hang on to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's great. Because it touch, it touch, this book also touches on grief and the extent as to what grief can pull someone into. And it gives you a perfect parallel as to someone who's struggling with grief in the wrong way. And someone who's struggling with grief and actually finds a way, if you will, um, which is just so important because there's there's so many times like in our society today that, you know, if someone passes, you are supposed to pick up your bootstraps and keep going, you know, and then there's some of us that like literally spiral down into such a deep dis- depressive state that we don't know where the light is anymore in our life. So therefore our hole gets bigger because we can't... We can't get ourselves out of it. We don't know how to fill ourselves up with good things in our lives to continue to keep living. Um, so, yeah, it's a great quote. It's great. Anything that comes out of Sal's mouth, I'm just like, I'm here for it. I'm here for it. <laughs> because it's because he's he is an aspiring writer in the book, too. Like, he writes very eloquently, and it's just, it's portrayed and even as he talks, how he thinks, all of those things. Do you have any other likes? I just have one more. Um, There is a... So Noor is experiencing some microaggressions from a white classmate. And um, yeah, I'll just leave that at the microaggressions thing. But towards the end, it's it's full on racism. The microaggressions thing is is just racism for this character. Mm -hmm. And Noor has another friend who says we want to give reasons why people are racist jealousy bad parenting but sometimes they're just horrible people and I know I thought that was kind of interesting because we do we always want to be like is that person just must have had you know 
a, a bad upbringing. It, it comes from their parents or whatever. But she's like, sometimes people are just horrible people. It's just, there's no rationale but to see, it. Why bother trying yeah. to? But see, I like that though. You know, yeah. yet again, is this is a beautifully written book for that reason. Like there's like, it's like, it's not just a standard cookie cutter answer that we get given, right? You know, it's more of, yes, there are terrible people in this world. And there are people that are products of their environment and how they've been raised. And it's like, but there are two, two different types. And I think we always try to rationalize like the fact that like, maybe their upbringing just suck. Like, like we try to give them a reason as to why they're bad or mean. And it's like, they could very well just be mean people, mm-hmm. just me. You know, um, I think I said all my, I do have a question for you though, because this is in line with the title. Um, so the title of this book is called all my rage, right? It's brought up in the book, but I wanted to ask, do you think that rage is taught or is it an experience that we acquire? Hmm. I think it might be an experience which teaches us rage. Because if we experience rage through another person, that would be an experience. But then we're inadvertently being taught. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just wanted to ask the question because like, there's a moment in this book where one of our characters unleashes the rage that has been built up up over the years you know and it's i in my opinion i think rage is brought on by experiences um ultimately because you can choose to unlearn something you can choose to not like be that way in my opinion but yet your circumstances and experiences could lead you to the brink of exploding with rage I know where you can't explain that. Yeah. I know what character you're talking about, and I agree. I do think that their experiences cause their rage. And we will Mm -hmm. talk about that in the spoiler edition if you listen. (laughs) If you've read it and you want to listen. Yeah. So I I don't have anything else to say because, like I said, Don and I are trying to keep this very DL because any slip of something can really just unravel all of the things all of the things that we want to talk about with this so so if you do not want to spoil any of all my rage we are going to tell you to hop out now and if you want to know which book to read for our next podcast don and i are going to be discussing night shift by alex finley which is a mystery thriller yes Mm -hmm. yeah um so that is going to be our next book talk if you will um, and if you want to stay for the ride and hear all of what we have to say, we are going to spoil it. And hold on, Dawn does her, wait. Janet Jackson five. Yeah. <laughs> How do you do the three? Three, two, one. <laughs> one day we'll get it. I was I was going like this the first time. Yeah. And it's like it's supposed gotta, to be backwards. Be backwards. This whole thing. Ashley's not coordinated. This is why I can't play video games very well. 
It's like, well, let's just get into it. Do we want to just into our things? Yeah, let's just let's just start with the uncle. Might as well. Don wants to talk about the uncle. I'm curious to know why you like him. I don't like him. I like the way he was written. I don't like okay. him. Okay. I tried to make that like, clear. No. Let me just clear this up here because, yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> he is just, he's super angry and just hateful and definitely blames Nor for his situation because he was supposed to go off to college and do all these amazing things and yet life happened, right? Like, I feel like so many adults can just be like, I can testify to what's happening to him, like in a lot of ways, right? Because it's like, how many times do we have our own goals and achievements that we're trying to reach and someone just goes, whoop, nope, you're gonna have to figure that out, nope. So, yeah. So let's talk about him. Yeah. Um, what are your thoughts? Well, at first, we are thinking what Nora is thinking. He saved her. And, you know, he's this great man for risking his life and saving this girl and raising her. And you're kind of like, but why is he so mean to her? And then we learn that he was trying to get out of Pakistan. And when he came here, he he's one of the characters who's trying to kind of leave his other heritage behind. Mm-hmm. He has married a white woman. He does not, he does not like the religion at all. He doesn't want Nor to practice the religion. He doesn't want her associating with any other Pakistani people. Like, he just, he wants to just get away from the heritage just altogether. Pakistani culture altogether. Mm-hmm. And he, he's such an enigma. He, um, <laughs> and it's like slowly revealed. And I think the, the biggest moment was when he talks about how he's like telling his brother, you know, I'm, I need to go. I'm going to go to America. I'm going to get my education. And his brother is like, no, I'm going to stay here. And then his, his, his brother is constantly citing the Quran. And then his brother ends up dying, holding the Quran. And he's pissed. The uncle is pissed. And that's why he just hates religion because his brother died holding this, this Bible, essentially, you know, a Quran. And so I thought that was just fascinating. And the fact that he, you know, him and him and Nora are kind of similar because they both want to get their education. They want to leave the circumstance that they're in and they want to better themselves. They're, they're a lot alike. Um, mm-hmm. So I thought that was really interesting. And then, of course, the whole we find out that he's like physically abusing her, which was not apparent until towards the middle of the book. And he just like unloads you, on her. His rage comes out, like you said. Yeah. Did you see it coming? You know what? I'm a freaking idiot. The makeup thing. That should have been a clue. Same. And I missed it. Same. I thought it was just like trying to beautify herself. Yeah. For Sal. I really did. And I was like, so when that whole thing happens and he explodes, I'm like, oh. <gasps> 
no oh it makes so much like i missed it totally but i also liked that i missed it because it made the whole experience like i'm here for you i'm here for all of this right now because it's like as a parent i don't beat my son right i don't beat him (laughs) um but there i could see him losing his mind because of his circumstance and taking it out on someone who has no strength to defend themselves. I could totally see that. And I'm like, oh my goodness. Like those moments where you're like, I don't want to parent anymore today. And it's like, now you see what happens when someone goes over the edge and does not deal with their issues, whether past, present, you know, are going to happen. (laughs) It's just, I feel for him so much. But I also don't like that he was feeding her. But I, yeah. And I, I'm so angry at his wife for not <laughs> stepping in either. Like, she doesn't do anything. Well, she's ab- anything. She's abused, too. So. She doesn't, like, help her get out. It's like, why would you not? Like, do you want her to suffer with you? Is that what it is? I mean, I can't. I. It's, I think it's easy for the two of us to be like, well, how come you're not? How, why don't you? Because we've never been in an abusive relationship right, and right. we don't know yeah. what that's like. Yet again. Yeah. <laughs> all of the things. Saba's bringing out all of the things. But you know what killed me is that every time Nor was in a situation with her uncle, she just kept repeating. He rescued me from the hurricane, from the earthquake. He helped me. He walked Help me find shelter. She had this little chant that she would go through. And it just broke my heart. So I'm like, this poor girl is rationalizing, staying with abuse, this abusive man because he rescued her. He saved her. And I know that's how people really think. And that's probably what the, what the wife was thinking too. Because he rescued her too from an abusive boyfriend. So she's like, well, he rescued me. I have to be loyal to him. And I'm just like, oh my God, you're killing me, please. It was so sad. <sighs> It's so heartbreaking because it's like, if that is what happens in that situation, because it's like your brain goes into defense mode, right? You go into like, I don't want to feel anything. And so we rationalize what's happening and either blame ourselves or, you know, we make assumptions that this is what's happening or we constitute it this way. Like, okay, well, they've done this. They've saved me from this. So I can't, I can't shut, you know, I can't open my mouth I can't say anything I can't hit back or anything like that it's just like because she kept saying the the chant um to herself it made me really think like you know with her religion and with you know them doing their prayers and chanting if you will that was her way of self-coping with it because that's all she knew how to cope with something was to do that and it was just like I cried I was crying it was, it was awful it was so awful because then I'm like the makeup oh my gosh and then when it's that big blowout thing and she runs to sell she still won't say who hit her she won't say it and I'm like oh it's so the amount of psychological damage that's been done to this poor girl it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. Heart, like, 
they would take someone with lots of skill in psychology to be able to get her out of that because that's a whole process that I don't I don't I wouldn't I wouldn't know how to advise someone like yes we could say well just tell us it doesn't work like that she's created boundaries in her brain to physically not say anything so it's like you know and then you have Sal going how do you help someone who doesn't want to be helped because they don't know how to help themselves it's like it's so bad and the college thing too that he's angry at her for wanting to go to college because he wasn't able to go to college it's just like so sad it's so twisted as well right because he has his own unresolved demons that he is not dealt with so he's now inhibiting others to not be able to pursue happiness and goals and dreams in their lives because he wants everyone to suffer with him yeah i think he's a good character because we just had this whole discussion on him and that that's what makes him great like just just the way he was written was just a really the way he was the execution of his character from the beginning to the end and how he develops over the course of the book is just good writing oh yeah Yeah. phenomenal it's great it's great this book is such a good discussion book i just yeah it is it's so good um so let's like maybe Parrot to um, Mishba and Torfik now. Torfik. I think that's how you say his name. So Mishba for me is like, I could see a lot of myself in her. She doesn't want to admit that she's sick. She doesn't want to admit that she needs help in any capacity. She's trying to keep this motel afloat that's slowly sinking down while her husband is doing nothing. And then there's a crazy instance that happens when she's working at the hotel and Sal um, gets abused in some way. We don't exactly know what happens to Sal, but we can make some general assumptions as to what happens to him because he has this like no touch policy and he has this five seconds in, seven seconds out rule. And it's like that's repeated back and forth, but yet we don't know exactly all of the details with that so what were your thoughts with Mishba in Torfik I guess well I think that their situation could be generational and that could be any culture it's 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 it it's not a thing to seek help either through therapy or talking to friends or family it's just something that you you keep to yourself. This generation, therapy is becoming not so taboo anymore, which I think is great. Uh, yeah. So the fact that his father, you know, he suffered a lot of grief with his parents dying. And then, you know, his mother was an alcoholic. And then when Sal was abused, that's when he really went downhill. And then his wife died. It was just, he was just gone. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I, like I said, I wish that we got a little bit more of his father. I think it would have, I would have liked the book a little bit better 
if we got just a little bit more of him and his father. Mm-hmm. Um, Mispa, I really did like the fortune teller and how uh, Nora was her was the other child that she had. And then at the end, she what did she say? I'm sorry. She says for she says forgive. Forgive and, me. And then that's it. And then she dies. Forgive me. I think and it was like, forgive me. Did she I think she said she was going to say forgive me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because she didn't. She she knew that she was being abused and she didn't intervene when she should have. And she yeah. also didn't take care of herself so that she could be there for her kids, which is also another forgive me for not taking care of myself. <sighs> yeah. It's so deep. Yes. It's so deep. <laughs> It's just, I, I felt for her because it's like how many times in situations are, you know, like health insurance, for example, there are so many people that cannot seek help because literally they would be put into financial ruin and just have to like, just suffer. They just, they just have to suffer. They either have to choose to suffer, you know, in health or choose to suffer, fin- suffer financially, not suffer. That's <laughs> not going to eat anything here. Um, so it's just, it was what I just felt for her because I know personally some people that chose not to seek, seek medical attention and ended up dying. I did like the fact that we did see, like, I know that there, I wish that there was like just a little bit of a blip, maybe from Torfik's point of view, because we got a lot of Mishba and we got a lot of Sal and Noor. Um, and even some of the uncle too, just through Nora's eyes, but it did a really good job of like portraying his character. Mm-hmm. I feel like if we would have had just a blip from him, it would have made us like understand and we wouldn't be over here like trying to rationalize why he did what he did, you know? Yeah. Um, but I, I did like the fact that like he sobers up for his son when it's like the end of the line type of thing so he's not too late in that regard i really would have been sad if he like died overdosed oh first i would have been, so, been like i'm done I, yeah <laughs> i don't think i could be able to take any more loss in this book couldn't handle it couldn't handle it um i did like that mishpa and nor had this relationship where she's like, you know, you're hungry for some good old Pakistani food. <laughs> you know, you want to come over and come eat and watch my soap operas with me. <laughs> oh, that was the best. So, um, um, I have a question. Yep. So, like you were saying, we aren't quite sure what happened to Sal. He was sexually assaulted. We don't know how, in what capacity. And at the end of the book his doctor is going to tell him and he chooses not to know would you would you want to know or no such deep this is such deep questions for all of us i think i would not want to know in detail how i was abused i think i would relive that personally and try to um figure out why I didn't stop something or what if I could have I done this like I think like just knowing that something happened 
would be enough um, because I think he needed to know that he was abused sexually. And that's why, you know, there's all these fears and triggers. I don't, I don't think that, yeah. I don't think personally that I would want to know in detail, especially if it's been that long. I think it would just, I don't know. It could also be a good thing because it could also like go, oh yeah, well I know now it's because this person did this to me and that's why I am the way that I am. Or it could just be like very vague at the same time. What about you? Would you want to know if you were? Well, I don't think he knew it was sexual assault. I think he just knew something happened, but he didn't know. I don't know. I honestly don't know because I think that I would be constantly thinking about it and then I would I would need to know just because I need to stop thinking about it and then move on and you know deal with it or seek therapy or something but at the same time I don't know I've never been put in that situation so I don't know if I'd want to know or not I don't know I know, right? It's like, it's so hard because it's like, did he make the right decision? And I think ultimately, I think he made the right decision for him mm-hmm. because I don't think he could handle any more. That's true. Of it. I think he did make a good conscious decision of like, I don't think I can handle it in this particular point in time in my life. Well, that's that's all we have for you guys um, for today. So... Uh, we would love to hear your thoughts. As always, if you have any book recommendations for Don and I, we would gladly accept them as well. Um, but yet again, our next podcast is going to be on Night Shift by Alex Finley. And so until next time, we'll check, we'll check you. <laughs> we'll catch you in the next podcast. Bye-bye.